The reading can be found on page 1139 in the Church Bibles. And it's Romans chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Lord, we thank you for this word to us in Scripture, and we pray that you'd speak to us through your word now. Amen. Very good to be with you again. Uh, just to uh, fill you in uh, as far as I can, which isn't very far, on the um, appointment process, the search for a new vicar of Christ the Lord. Um, the trail has not gone cold, I'm pleased to tell you. Uh, we've still got things to follow up. Um, uh, so uh, things are going ahead. Uh, it hasn't just come to a halt. So can't tell you much else at this stage, but uh, the process is still ongoing. So keep praying that we will find the person of God's choice for this place. And the other thing just to say by way of an advert, don't forget that we do have an evening service once a month in this parish. And it's at St. Mary's on the third Sunday, which is today at 6.30. We call it God Space Service because we actually have space for God in it. I know we aim to do that in all of our services. But we actually give God silence. So we have our worship, we have songs, um, we have a talk, but we also have 10 minutes where we just sit quietly uh, listening to God, what God might be wanting to say to us and then sharing that with, with each, each other. You don't, obviously, you don't have to share, but some people do. And um, it just a, makes it a bit different um, sort of service. The quiet's a good time to be together. So um, if you're able to join us tonight at 6.30, you'd be very welcome, or any third Sunday. Now, I know the theme is gifts, but I want to look at the whole of this passage, Romans 12, that we've been looking at. It's a very uh, good, very important passage. Um, way back in 1947, a man called J.B. Phillips wrote a translation of the letters of St. Paul. And uh, he called it uh, Letters to Young Churches. It's a very long time ago. And since then, there have been lots and lots of modern translations of the Bible. So 
Nobody uses J.B. Phillips's version anymore, except for one verse that does get quoted time and time again. And it's this verse, Romans 12, verse 2, which J.B. Phillips translated like this. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould, but let God remould your minds from within. Now, the NIV, the, our Bibles here, says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's fine. But the way J.B. Phillips puts it is quite sort of graphic. You can visualise it. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould but let God remould your minds from within. You ever felt squeezed, pressurised to conform to the standards of the world around us? When I hear the word uh, mould, I think the first thing I think of is a jelly mould. It's a rabbit jelly mould. I used to have one just like that. They're great, but they're very hard to get the jelly out, aren't they? Have you discovered that? Anyway, if it works, you get a perfect representation of the jelly, of the uh, mould. The liquid that you pour in immediately takes on the shape of the mould. Which is, of course, just what you want a jelly to do. But who wants to be a jelly? But it happens very easily. We become just like the world around us. And it would be an interesting exercise to go into any society in any country and look at the Christians and see how different they are, if at all, in their lifestyles and practices and attitudes compared to the society around. We can ask that question of our own society and our own church. How different are we from the society around us? Could you tell that we're any different? And not that everything about our society is bad, of course. There are many good things about the society around us, many things where we can work uh, with it. Um, a lot of things that we take for granted, like a desire for justice and compassion and forgiveness, which people out there think are good things as well. They're based on Christian principles. Lots of things we can identify with. But there are lots of things where we need to be distinctive as Christians, and where we are called to not let the world around us squeeze us into its own mould. If we absorb uncritically all that comes to us through TV and newspapers and magazines, internet, etc., if we absorb the standards, beliefs, lifestyle and morals of the world, then we are being conformed to the world, squeezed into its mould. And our behaviour and attitudes will be indistinguishable from the world around us. That's a challenge for us every day. To what extent do we uh, allow ourselves to be moulded by the world around us? To what extent should we be being dis different? Because if we let God shape us by learning how he wants us to live, in the way that the potter shapes the clay, to use that image from Jeremiah 18, where the potter is shaping the clay, prodding and pushing it to make it into the beautiful and useful thing that he wants it to be, 
then we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. God remoulds our life from within. So we have the choice. We can be shaped by God or we can be squeezed by the world. It's quite a distinct choice and it will apply to particular choices and decisions and attitudes and behaviours, lifestyles that we adopt. Are we being shaped by God or are we being squeezed by the world? I can't tell you, I'm not going to tell you how to do it in every instance. It's up to each of us, isn't it? To work it out before God. How do I act in this situation? Do I just do what everybody else is doing? Go with the flow? Or do I make a stand and be distinctive? That's the choice. Shaped by God or squeezed by the world. The pressure, the challenge, um, is not to uh, conform. We can very easily be like a chameleon blending in with the background. I'm not sure if chameleons actually do blend in with the background. Is this, is this just a myth? I don't know. But anyway, we all believe that chameleons uh, change colour to fit in with the background. And if you put one on a tartan blanket, they explode. <laughs> so somebody told me. I don't think that bit's true. But they're, they're famous for blending in with the background. And of course, we could easily be chameleon Christians who just blend in with the background, so you hardly notice us. You can't see we're there. It's easier to adopt the standards and attitudes of those around us. But Paul challenges us to be different, shaped by God, not squeezed by the world. That's the first thing, then, that Romans 12 has got to say to us. So, having talked about a Christian's relationship with the world, Paul then goes on in verse 3 to talk about our relationships with each other. And he uses one of his favourite illustrations of what the church is supposed to be like, and I know you've talked about this before, and that's a body. The body of the church, the different parts of the church making up the body. Now, have you ever wondered why you, Paul uses this slightly strange image of a body to illustrate the church? He could have used a different image. He could have said, we're all climbing a ladder. And we're all at different points on the way up. Some of us are near the top because we're mature Christians. And some of us are way down at the bottom. And we're helping each other up this ladder to the top, to that goal at the top of Christian maturity. And as we go up this ladder, we accumulate. This is what he could have said, by the way. He didn't. Don't, don't, don't mistake me. Uh, he could have said, as we go up, we accumulate um, the Christian spiritual gifts, one by one. And we might start off with the gift of helping, down at the bottom. And then as we go up, we might uh, get the gift of administration. And then the gift of encouragement. Then perhaps the, the gift of tongues, speaking in prayer tongues, and then maybe the gift of prophecy when you get near the top, and then maybe um, it's uh, the gift of being a pastor or a teacher, and a, um, the gift of leadership and evangelism, and 
right at the very top, there's the gift of apostleship, which is the final reward for those who've climbed all the way to the top, got all the gifts on the way, and therefore have made it to being a mature Christian. But that's not the image that Paul uses. He's very well aware that if he used an image like a ladder, that would lead to pride on the part of those who think they're further up the ladder, and despair and envy on the part of those who think they're near the bottom. And Paul's concern in verse 3 of Romans 12 is that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but should think of ourselves with sober judgment. In other words, we are not to overvalue or undervalue ourselves. Our self-worth is not based on our position on any ladder or the number of gifts we've got. It's based on our identity in Christ. We are all his valued and loved children. He loves us for who we are, not for what we've done or the number of gifts we've accumulated or where we are on some ladder. So a ladder is not what's in Paul's mind. We can do this sometimes. We can think, well, you know, I'm at the bottom of the ladder and so-and-so is, uh, um, you know, d does impressive things in the church, um, which I couldn't do. Uh, and then there's, you know, this bloke that comes along every so often and, and, and preaches, and I don't know, he's some sort of rector. I don't know what that means, but, you know, he, he's probably somewhere at the top, you know. And we think, you know, well, it's sort of um, grades like that. But it's not that at all. Instead of using this picture of a ladder, he has a picture of a body. Romans 12, verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And this body illustration shows that it's not particular gifts that bestow Christian maturity, as if the person with the gift of leadership is more mature than the person with the gift of helping. It's not a ladder where you start making the coffee and then graduate to the children's work, and if you're really mature, you will end up as, um, I don't know, the Pope or something. Not at all. We are each to grow into maturity in the gifts that we've been given. As a child's hand grows, it doesn't seek to become mature by turning into a leg. It grows into a mature hand. That's the idea. So it's quite possible, of course, to be a mature Christian without, say, gift of leadership or the gift of prophecy or anything else you might care to mention. What we are to do though is to seek to mature in the gifts that God has given us. To find out what those gifts are and to mature in them. Verse 6, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. 
If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encouraging, encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, that's the gift of generosity. And people don't often pray for that one, you know? People say, oh, I wish I had the gift of tongues. But I've never heard them say, oh, I wish I had the gift of contributing to the needs of others generously. But it's a gift, spiritual gift. Some of us have it more than others. Um, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Whatever your gift is, operate in that and work in that and come to maturity in that. As a child grows, all the different parts of the body mature in their own way to create together a mature body. And as the church grows, all we, with our different gifts, grow together to create a mature church. So if we really take on board the fact that we are a body, certain things follow. As every part of the body needs the other parts, so we as a church need each other. No one can say, I'm not needed, I can't do anything. God has gifted us all in some special way to make our own contribution to the body here. There will be very different contributions. Some of us will be spending a lot of time simply at home uh, praying and supporting the work of the church in prayer because we may not be able to be actively involved. Others of us can be actively involved and we need uh, people who have those gifts because not everybody can be actively involved, and so on and so forth. Some people have a particular gift with children. You may not have discovered it yet, but maybe you've got a particular gift with children. You have to find out whether you have these gifts, whether uh, they're there. They may be just latent at the moment and haven't been tried out yet. But if that's your gift, then it needs to be used within the body, and we mature in that gift, and so on. There was no one with no gifts. We have different gifts, but we need each other. The person with, uh, say, who, who, is, who, who prays in tongues in that particular way of praying, that person with that gift needs the person with the gift of encouragement, say, and vice versa. And both of them need the person with the gift of giving. And all three need the person with the gift of serving. And everyone needs the person with the gift of leadership, and he or she needs all the others, and so on, and so on, and so on. We all need each other's gifts, and we all seek to mature within those gifts. So the church is not a ladder, with some at the bottom looking enviously up, and some at the top looking proudly down. The church is a body in which each of us has a special part to play. And the challenge to us today is to recognize our gifts, to value our gifts, and to use our gifts. Because we need each other. And we're challenged in this passage, Romans 12, to go right back to verse 1. We're challenged to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Find your gift, use it, mature in it. Shall we pray? Lord, thank you for this body. 
this particular church which has the very good name of Christ the Lord. Thank you that we are the body of Christ the Lord in this place. Thank you that we each have different gifts. Help us to discover our gifts. Help us to use them and help us to mature in them, we pray. Amen.